Welcome to the Unleashing Sister Saints podcast. This episode, which is episode 15, I want to continue to discuss women and confidence. So this is part two. So we started that in episode 14. I meet so many women who are not confident in so many ways, even though there's no reason in the world they should not be confident. They're wonderful, smart, competent, and so many other things. But this lack of confidence is so strong with many of the women I meet, particularly in the church. Today, I want to talk specifically about limiting behaviors and then some strategies that we can use to strengthen our confidence as women and help young women and girls strengthen their confidence as well. So as we talked about in the last episode, we talked about genetics and socialization and the choices we make being a big part of why the level of confidence that we have now. There are many behaviors that limit our confidence, though, either by thwarting our initial de development of confidence or by negatively impacting along the way as we grow up. Even though there are hundreds of these limiting behaviors, I'll actually discuss three that I think are particularly problematic for women and in unique ways for women in the church. So these three are rumination, perfectionism, and avoiding risks. So let's start with rumination. So women ruminate more than men. This means that we get into obsessive thinking patterns about something like an idea, situation, a choice that we are going to make, and then it can go on and on. We spend far too much time overthinking and dwelling on problems rather than solutions. We focus too much on why we did certain things and how poorly we did, or other people too, what everybody else was thinking about it, how we look, those kinds of things. So rumination, the spinning that goes on in our minds, women do that more than men, but it can freeze decision-making and action, and it drains our confidence. So rumination often accompanies feelings that we are not good enough and tendencies to be hard on ourselves. I've always appreciated Eleanor Roosevelt's statement, wouldn't worry so much about what others think of you if you realized how seldom they do. I also love her quote that says, no one can make me feel inferior without my consent. Rumination stops you from doing and acting the very keys to confidence. So let's shift now to perfectionism. So women are also much more perfectionistic than our men. In fact, there's interesting research specifically on women in the church, toxic perfectionism and depression, and they are connected because perfectionism stops you from doing and acting. It does not allow confidence to grow and develop. It keeps us from taking risks and making decisions and moving forward. As the authors of the confidence code that I told you about the last episode, they stated, study after study confirms that it is largely a female issue, one that extends through women's entire lives. We don't answer questions until we are totally sure of the answer. We don't submit a report until we've edited over and over. We don't sign up for that triathlon unless we know we are faster and fitter than is required. We watch our male colleagues take risks while we hold back until we're sure we're perfectly ready and perfectly qualified. We fixate on our performance at home, at school, at work, at yoga class, even on vacation. The irony is that striving to be perfect actually keeps us from getting much of anything done. That's the end of the quote. Overall, 
the more perfectionistic we are, the less confidence we can gain. And if we are worried about being perfect, then we don't act. And remember, action is the way that we strengthen our confidence. So the third area I wanted to talk for just a minute about is avoiding risks. So women generally take far fewer risks than do men for many reasons. And they all revolve around genetics and socialization. For example, the average man has 10 times more testosterone than the average woman, which is the hormone associated with taking more risks. On top of this, most girls are raised to take fewer risks and are not given the opportunities needed to get used to taking them. So in fact, one group of researchers studied how mothers and fathers socialize their daughters and sons differently. And in this study, fathers of sons encouraged boys to take risks, but fathers of daughters were more likely to watch and protect and help their daughters avoid risks. Interestingly, mothers of daughters and sons treated both pretty much the same. Another reason girls and women avoid risks is that they worry more than boys and men which can undermine confidence. But there is good news. The more girls succeed, the more they're willing to try new things and subsequently to develop a sense of their own capabilities. Now, remember that a risk can be as small as just talking to someone new at school. As girls and women, we often want to stay in our comfort zones because we don't like to fail. So an example of how these three things can negatively impact a young woman or a woman specifically might go as follows. So as you prepare for a piano recital, you mess up one part of the difficult piece. That night you ruminate on your mistakes going over and over until that's all you remember about playing. You convince yourself that you can't perform it flawlessly and then you don't even want to play it at all. You decide to tell your teacher that you want to play a simpler song for the recital because you don't want to risk messing up on a more advanced piece. So this thinking has undermined your ability to grow your confidence. So there's lots of examples. I don't have the time to talk. That might be for a young woman, but there's lots of examples of things that we do this as older sisters as well. So of course, there are many other limiting behaviors that I could discuss from giving into imposter syndrome, putting yourself in situations where you are treated as less than, and sometimes we don't even put ourselves in those situations, they just come to us. To thinking patterns, another thing is to thinking patterns of feeling undeserving of love, to eating disorders and other mental health challenges, all of those are limiting behaviors. Unfortunately, if we don't have the tools to turn things around, each of these situations can result in confidence challenges at various levels and in various ways, but there's hope. Okay, let me tell you some of the strategies that come out of the research that can be used to strengthen our confidence. There's many, many strategies, but let me just give you eight research-based strategies that can help you and others that you interact with along our path of building our confidence. So the number one, so I'm going to give you eight. Number one is to break rumination cycles. Because rumination is partly a habit, we will need to break those patterns and form new habits and create more productive responses. So we need to learn how our mind works so we don't spend time overthinking our choices and responses and actions. Number two, reduce pointless perfection. 
Identify which areas in your life you feel you need to be perfect in, including areas where you don't even want to try because you're afraid of that failure. And so be aware, you know, when we're aware, that can actually help us. So teach yourself to feel satisfied when you've done your best, regardless of how you compare to each other. Number three, decreased our reliance on praise. Since girls are socialized much more often than boys to rely on the praise of others, shifting this behavior will really take some deep internal work. So we can begin by reflecting on when, why we seek external praise. We need to shift from the need of external praise to finding more internal fulfillment and satisfaction. Number four, take chances, take more risks. These include things like just talking to somebody new, giving a talk in church, accepting a calling that makes us uncomfortable, asking a friend to come to church, or so many other things. We just need to push ourselves out of our comfort zone and try new and difficult things and give ourselves credit when we do that. So five, get comfortable failing more often. This kind of sucks for a lot of people. Taking risks may mean that we fail more often, but if we aren't failing from time to time, we're probably not learning and growing as much as we can. I quote Mark's fail fast is a term that is often used, which means that you figure out more quickly what works and what doesn't. Uh, Reframing failure as a chance to learn can really be helpful. Six, embrace challenges. Embracing challenges is the best way we can develop leadership. One study, in fact, found that 70% of leadership development is gained from challenging assignments. Look for a task that is hard, take it on, and focus on the learning that it provides. Number seven, become intentionally uncomfortable. Research shows that if you are comfortable, then you are most likely not learning. Become comfortable with being uncomfortable by pushing yourself to do things that are outside your comfort zone over and over. The more we do this, the more comfortable we'll be with doing that more. And then the more confident we will be. Practice, this is the last one. Number eight, practice self-compassion. Having self-compassion means that you treat yourself like you would treat a friend or someone else that you love and respect. Give yourself a break because you are only human and forgive yourself. You cannot be perfect. So practice saying, I did the best I can and I'm moving on. Criticizing yourself doesn't help. Eleanor Roosevelt once wrote, you gain strength, courage, and confidence by every experience in which you really stop to look fear in the face. You are able to say to yourself, I lived through this horror. I can take the next thing that comes along. You must do the thing that you think you cannot. That's the end of the quote. Now, maybe you don't live through horror and maybe you do. But I think our point is really important. Doing hard things helps us grow, which then strengthens our confidence. If we stay clear of challenging situations or opportunities, we cannot prepare ourselves to lead in ways the Lord needs us to lead in future years. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode of Unleashing Sister Saints. This is Susan Matson, and I'm devoted to unleashing the positive impact of Sister Saints on the world. Thank you.